Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hi, I am Macho Flamini, and you're listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez! What a finish! Walcott's going to go through and score! Into the middle, Giroud, it's two! Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the 11th of January 2016. I'm Russell Hargreaves. And on today's show, Mattia Flamini's here to talk about his friendship with Mesut Ozil. Invincible Gilberto fills us in on his charity work. And former gunner and Liverpool player Jimmy Carter looks ahead to Wednesday's trip to Anfield. But let's kick off with an FA Cup weekend review. Arsenal began the defence of their FA Cup again, looking to win it for a third consecutive season with a third round clash against Sunderland on Saturday. And it was they who took a surprise lead in the 17th minute, but the Gunners responded nine minutes later, Joel Campbell scoring against the Black Cats for the second time this season. Alex Awobi coming forward for the Gunners, left-hand side, Walcott looking to break forward now, looking to use his pace, looks to find Campbell with a shot, finds the corner! Arsenal have the equaliser and it's Joel Campbell that beats Jordan Pickford to level things up here. Great burst of pace from Walker on the left-hand side. And it's Campbell who manages to finish for 1-1. It is Arsenal 1, Sunderland 1 here at the Emirates Stadium. Arsenal raised their game in the second half, but it was Sunderland who had the best opportunity when Stephen Fletcher's header hit the bar. And that miss would come back to haunt them just four minutes later when substitute Aaron Ramsey swept home from close range. This is Hector Bering. Now it's with Campbell. Bering goes to the bottom. Looks to pull it back in. Great opportunity. Fantastic goal. Arsenal with Aaron Ramsey off the bench and on the score sheet to put the gunners in front here. And Aaron Ramsey proving once again what an important and influential player he can be. Some brilliant build-up play. Credit Hector Bering with the assist and Ramsey with a cool finish at the near post. But Arsenal weren't finished yet. And four minutes later, they put the game to bed courtesy of Olivier Giroud. This is Bayern at the other end looking to find Giroud! 3-1! Sunderland make a hash of trying to clear the cross from the right-hand side. Arsenal have got another and surely a place in the fourth round of the FA Cup beckons as the French striker has his goal. That is Arsenal 3, Sunderland 1. Both Ramsey and Giroud's goals came through Hector Bellerin's crosses. And after the game, the Spanish right-back spoke about becoming the team's new assist king. And two assists for you in the second half. Talk us through that pass to Olivier Giroud. 
Well, um, I saw him. I saw him running through the back post, you know, and I knew there was a lot of players in between. But uh, you know, you always need to try these things. Sometimes they they work, and sometimes they they don't, you know. And this time it did, and it's nice for him to get a goal. Been watching Mesut Ozil in training, have you? <laughs> yeah, of course. You always need to learn from the best. <laughs> Bellerin also talked about the team's love for this competition. Well, that's the that's the goal of the of the whole team, you know. We we love this competition. The the fans love this competition. So so we need to try and do our best, you know. So um, we obviously going to try and, and get the third in in a row. In his press conference after the game, Arsene Wenger was full of praise for Alex Iwobi's first start. Alex Iwobi was one of the guys who uh, was very good in the first half. Tired a little bit in the second half, but overall uh, yeah, they have done well. I liked uh, the timing of his passes, the fact that uh, in the mid middle of the park that is a vital quality and the fact that uh, he plays forward, he sees and uh, as well that he's not scared to take people on for a young boy to come on, uh, that's not, uh, not easy. The boss also gave us an update on the return of some of his injured players for the approaching busy fixture period. For us, the next step is to get uh, Rosicky back, uh, Welbeck back, uh, Sanchez back, uh, Wiltshire back. Uh, maybe we get one player in. And uh, so overall, I think uh, we have a, if we have no injuries, I'm not worried. If we have uh, the same number of injuries, we are a bit sure. So Arsenal are safely into the fourth round, but they return to Premier League action on Wednesday evening against Liverpool. And we'll speak to Jimmy Carter about that game next. Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Our Arsenal insider this week played for the Gunners between 1991 and 1995 after joining the club from Liverpool. It's Jimmy Carter who joins us on the line now. Jimmy, good morning, mate. I believe you've just been doing the school run. How's it going? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, weather's a little bit shocking this morning, but uh, I've just uh, just pulled up in the school, so uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Thank you very much for having us on. <laughs> now, as I mentioned, you spent four years, of course, at Arsenal, didn't you? Um, what have you made of the current team's form so far this season? Yeah, I think the boys are playing with with a lot of confidence, uh, a lot of fluidity in their play. It's been absolutely fantastic, and to see the lads top of the league at the moment is is, is really uh, really encouraging. Uh, going well in the cup competition, still in the Champions League. So, uh, yeah, things are looking really good this season for the boys. And obviously you've got a foot in both camps. You signed from uh, Anfield to come to Arsenal all those years ago. Um, what have you made of another of your former teams, Liverpool, as they progressed under Jurgen Klopp over the last few months? Yeah, I think it's uh, I think they're a team in transition, a club in transition, to be fair. Uh, obviously, you've got, uh, got the new manager in. They've had some very, very uh, encouraging results, but at the same time, I think they've started a little bit in terms of their form. Uh, they haven't really uh, hit the ground running in, in, in a lot of games. They've had a, some disappointing results as well. I think Watford beat them uh, convincingly at Vicarage Foot Road uh, a couple of weeks ago. They got beat at West Ham. And in between, they've had some promising results. So at the moment, it's a, it's a stop-start uh, situation for, for Jurgen Klopp's men. And as you know, historically, Jimmy, some brilliant and very meaningful matches between the sides over the years as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of them fixtures that uh, I'm sure the Arsenal players will look out for, as, as the Liverpool players when the fixtures come out at the start of the season. It's, it's you know, it's two uh, mega clubs, uh, you know, and the, the fact that this one's at Anfield under the floodlights makes it even more special. So I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic game. Uh, it's one that the supporters look out for. 
And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's got all the makings of a fantastic game. Not traditionally been the happiest of hunting grounds for Arsenal going to Anfield in recent years, but I just think perhaps the big away games against some of the other top teams in 2015, there was a big step up from Arsenal. Do you think we'll see a bit more of that come Wednesday or not? Yeah, very much so. I think uh, if you go back 18 months or so, you know, we were... Well, we were going well in the league, with Arsenal going well in the league. Then we, we went to places like the Etihad and, and, and Anfield, and we, we weren't doing so well. Uh, it was the, the famous sort of lunchtime kickoffs as well. So, uh, but that's all changed, you know. Uh, since uh, you know, I think last season when we went up to uh, to, to Manchester City and um, and other grounds, that you know, we're a lot more, we're a lot harder to beat now, Arsenal. Um, and going to to, uh, to to places like Anfield and and, and Old Trafford. Uh, putting on good performances, and uh, I, I feel that uh, Arsenal this time round have a, a lot more in their locker, uh, even with the injuries that they've had recently, and uh, fully expect them to go up to Anfield and put on a very good show. And given whose weekly podcast you're appearing on, clearly no divided loyalties when it comes to the head-to-head -head decision. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think you know, although I, as you said, I though, although I have to, to uh, you know, in both camps, so to speak, you know, I was, I was there at Anfield for un under a year. And while it's a fantastic football club, Liverpool, with great tradition and history, uh, I grew up an Arsenal supporter. You know, we went to Drayton Park School and played for his little schoolboys. So I was, I was always an Arsenal boy growing up and, you know, still got a lot of affinity for the, for the, for the football club, yeah. Just going back to that head-to-head -head battle then on Wednesday night, Jimmy, any particular key area do you think maps a head-to-head -head battle or a part of the pitch that will be of extra special significance to decide the result? I think we've got to be brave in, in terms of the way we play. I think just not to maybe, um, uh, you know, give too much respect to Liverpool. Obviously, you're going to Anfield, you know, it's going to be a, a, tough, a tough game. Jurgen Klopp's men will, will come out of the traps, you know, firing all, all cylinders, I'm sure. Uh, their manager will get them up for the game. But uh, I think uh, if, if Arsenal go out and play their, their, you know, their fluid and confident passing football, I think they will create chances. Um, and um, I think if they can keep the Anfield uh, crowd quiet for the first 10-15 minutes I think Arsenal will grow into the game and will make chances and uh, personally I think um, I think we're in for a good evening And that battle of the two managers as well Jurgen Klopp versus Arsene Wenger two massive figures in the European and the world game let alone just here that's going to be a, a brilliant one to witness for the first time in the Premier League Yeah it hasn't happened before and I'm sure Arsene Wenger's looking looking forward to pitting his wits against uh, the likes of Jurgen Klopp um, but I think from, from, from Liverpool's manager's point of view, he's going to, you know, if they if they get a, a, a positive result against uh, Arsenal, I think it will give them uh, the Liverpool uh, and, and the supporters a great deal of belief going into the sort of the last, you know, half of the season. But um, you know, I, I still think Arsenal will go up to Anfield full of confidence. There, you know, uh, another good win at the weekend. Uh, you know, wins breed you know breed confidence. So. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly confident the lads put on a good show at, at Anfield tomorrow. Just on a wider context then, Jimmy, obviously, as you've been hearing on the show already, through to the fourth round of the FA Cup as double sort of tournament holders, looking good in the Premier League and top of the table at the moment, but with a lot of work we know to do to try and bring that home. And, and obviously the Champions League to come in a few weeks as well. Do you think some form of silverware will again return to the Emirates this season? Could it be the Premier League? It could very well be the Premier League, yeah. I mean, after two wins in the FA Cup back-to-back, -back, I think the, the supporters, the, the expectation, should we say, from the supporters was higher come the start of this season. I think, uh, you know, it was, it was a long time before the silverware silver started to come into the club. And uh, now that the, the two trophies are, are, are in, the, in, the, 
the cupboards, but so to speak, like I say, I think the uh, supporters, didn't, you know, expected a little bit more this season. And and to be fair, Arsene Wenger and 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 the players have delivered that so far. So I think we were in a fantastic position in in the in, in the Premier League. Um, who's who's to, you know who knows what's going to happen in in the in the Champions League? And obviously you've got the FA Cup, which you know if we won that again would be an amazing achievement because I don't think that's ever been done before. Let's just finish off kind of where we began. So you spent four years at Arsenal in the early to mid-1990s. What would be one or two of your kind of prevailing and, and best memories of your time here? Uh, well, it was quite a successful time for the club. I mean, 1993, uh, we actually won the FA Cup and the League Cup in the, in the same year. And then the following year, went on to win the European Cup Winners' Cup. So they were special times and, 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 and times and memories that I will never forget. Uh, I suppose on a personal note, the two goals I scored against Southampton were were very special, um, and uh, yeah, I'll never forget them. Them, you know, them days, and uh, you know, we had a fantastic team spirit back then. And uh, although the the football was very different under George Graham uh, compared to what uh, the supporters see now under Arsene Wenger, it was uh, you know we all got them really, really well, both on the field and off the field, and uh, it was quite a successful time for the club. So for me, it was always special to you know when I was little and uh, watching. The Arsenal in the schoolboys enclosure when I was ten years old. To, for me to, to dream about pulling that shirt on once was was going to be was a fantastic thing for me. And uh, to be at the club, as you say, for, for three and a half years was was a special time for me and my family. So uh, I'll never forget them times for sure. And just finally, apart from the school run, what do you do with yourself these days? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really uh, privileged to be a part of the Arsenal media uh, team. There's five ex ex players uh, that we all take turns in. Um, in doing co-commentaries and live match day shows. I'm really, really uh, happy and, and, and honoured to be a part of Arsenal Football Club. I also do a little bit of Mill at Millwall, uh, one of my old clubs as well. Uh, I host on a match day there um, at the Den. So uh, to be involved with two two clubs that I've got a, a strong affection for is, is, is extra special, uh, seeing that I've, you know, I've retired sort of 15, 16 years ago. So it's, I'm, I'm really pleased to be involved in football still. Jimmy, appreciate your time coming on to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast, my friend, and all the very best. Fantastic. Absolute pleasure. All the best. Mattia Flamini has played a key role in anchoring the Arsenal midfield since the injuries to Francis Coquelin and Mikel Arteta against West Bromwich Albion. He's also witnessed first-hand Mesut Ozil's potentially record-breaking season. And he spoke to Arsenal media's Max Jones about his friendship with the German playmaker. Mattia, you're great friends with Mesut Ozil. What have you made of his extraordinary form this season? I'm very pleased, pleased for him, first of all. We all knew he was a, a top player, but I'm glad he's proving it uh, every single game. And um, as a player and uh, being part of the Arsenal team, uh, it's for us uh, very important to have him on our side because, uh, as uh, you all can see, he can make the difference at uh, any time. He has been giving so many assists and he has been making so much different uh, in the past few games so of course it's uh, it's a pleasure to to play uh, next to him it's also a pleasure to watch him on the pitch he seems so confident on the pitch and he seems so happy to be at the club is is that the case off the pitch as well i think so i think so i mean uh, i mean uh, you must all know we we close friends so we're having a good time on the pitch but also a good time off the pitch and i think that's very important because if you want to be able to perform you have to be happy in your head and you have, feel, you have to feel confidence outside the pitch. So um, I believe uh, he is. And um, also we have uh, such a great atmosphere, uh, you know, uh, around the team, which, uh, which make it very comfortable and very easy to be also happy on the pitch. 
What's he like to spend time with? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Off the pitch, is he as, as cool as he is on it? He's a good laugh and uh, we enjoy uh, walking uh, out the, the pitch together in the gym in training and uh, we enjoy also talking a lot about about life, a bit uh, about everything. So um, he's a funny guy and uh, in English he's pretty good. And just finally, where does he rank in terms of the best players that you've played with? Well, he's definitely in the top uh, top five because uh, his vision is something you don't find uh, uh, very very often. So um, he's definitely in, uh, one of the best players who I played with. Mathieu's midfield partnership with Aaron Ramsey's added even more steel to the spine of the Arsenal team and his leadership qualities on and off the field could prove vital toward the business end of this season and potentially winning the Premier League title back. We're at the halfway point of this week's show and so it's time for a history lesson. And it's Adams put through by Bold. Would you believe it? Or Charlie George who can hit him. It's up for grabs now! Thomas! Right at the end! On January the 15th, 1999, Arsenal signed Canu from Inter Milan for just over £4 million. After a difficult start to his Arsenal career, he gradually won over the Highbury faithful with his unique style of play. And in November of that year, he scored a 15-minute hat-trick against London rivals Chelsea in a dramatic 3-2 win at Stamford Bridge. Dixon. 
over Mars. It was a shot, but Kanu's turned it into a goal for him. Well, there might be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel here for Arsenal. Over Mars. Kanu! He's got his second! And it's 2-2. Well, Arsenal have been on the rack for much of this game, but now they've found some firepower. Ferrer. And it's charged down by Kanu. And Ed Dechou is out of his goal. And what's Kanu going to do here? It's an amazing hat-trick. It's turned the game on its head. Well, it looked impossible. But not for the Nigerian. A hat-trick for Kanu. That hat-trick would write Kanu into Arsenal folklore. Here's Lee Dixon remembering that classic game. I just knew he would put it in from there because he's just such a quality player. If anybody wanted on the pit, on the pits to be in that position, it was certainly in. This this is fantastic bit of skill. A great game, great game to to bring back those memories. Because um, you imagine what the dressing room's like now with Kanu. It's like, why don't you play like that every week? <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> yeah, we certainly uh, we certainly celebrated with him. Kanu went on to play 198 games for Arsenal, scoring 44 goals, and was a member of the Invincible squad of 2003 to 2004. He joined West Bromwich Albion in 2004 before going on to a hugely successful spell at Portsmouth, where he scored the winner in the 2008 FA Cup final. Gilberto Silva was a former teammate of Kanu, and we'll talk to him next on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Gilberto Silva enjoyed a similar cult hero status among Arsenal fans to Canu. A member of the Invincibles squad as well and scorer of Arsenal's first competitive goal at the Emirates, the Brazilian recently returned to North London to talk about the current team and also his work as an ambassador for the charity Street Child United. Gilberto, firstly, uh, what are you doing back in London? Oh, it's, it's great to be back you know, in London. It's always nice because I have uh, an opportunity to see some friends. We're back at the Arsenal training grounds at the Emirates. And also for this time, for a special occasion, for a charity event with the Street Child World Cup. And could you tell us more about the charity? Well, it's a charity who works based with the kids. And uh, they use you know, the, the power of football to, to encourage the, the kids you know, who live on the streets. Some of them, some of them get out, get off their home to stay on the street because they are a bit scared. But um, once they were introduced to the game, you know, with uh, in some projects, they they had a very good results in terms of the way they see their their lives. And it was great when they had a tournament last year in the world, before the World Cup. The impact for them, you know, uh, was was amazing. Hope they they all the time, you know, be encouraged to to do something else more. What was it that 
first made you want to become involved with this charity? Well, first I was invited to go to, uh, to Rio de Janeiro because they were uh, doing the, these tournaments with the kids. Kids from, uh, from England, uh, from Argentina, Brazil, Africa, India and some other countries. And uh, I went there, uh, you know, as a guest. It was great to see so many people involved in the project, so many different cultures together and involved in this, uh, you know, to, to help somebody else. And um, from then on, you know, I became involved uh, more and more until I, I get an invitation to be ambassador of the project, which I accept. Was, it's amazing, you know, the way for me to be involved in this kind of project because um, for me, I don't know how much my, my presence uh, helps, but as, I, as soon as I get the feedback from people, it's, uh, I feel very happy to be involved and help uh, them in, the, in this hard project. Having started the season so well, what do Arsenal need to do to stay at the top of the league? Well, I think the, the hardest thing, you know, when you achieve uh, this, uh, this level of the, of, on your game is to maintain. To keep it is, is the hardest job too, because it's not depend only about uh, what you do on the pitch. It depends about injuries, um, suspension, and uh, also, you know, uh, the focus from everyone. It's, uh, it's important to everyone be focused in what they have to do to, to keep doing their job on the high, highest level they can. And just very finally, mentally, um, how tough is it to stay at the top when every other team is chasing you? Well, because everyone wants to beat you. And, uh, of course, you want to beat everyone. It's the same. And um, you can... Uh, what is good, you know, because the, the confidence is high, but you must be very careful. Don't let it go over what the, really uh, is necessary to keep going and doing your job in the right way. But uh, it's important to keep your focus in the, uh, the maximum as you can, you know, to, to maintain, which is, is very hard, you know. But I hope they, they keep like that and uh, end up the season with another trophy. Adrian Clark will be in the hot seat for Arsenal's trip to face Stoke City on Sunday. Adrian, how's it going, my friends? Yeah, good morning. Yeah, all good, thank you. So, Stoke, nice first half of the season. Plenty of attacking threat, as we know. Players like Bojan, Shakiri, and Nautovic, you name it. Um, what do we make of them? I've been impressed. I think Mark Hughes has done a great job at reinventing Stoke because they've had so much stick, haven't they, down the years. They've had their run-ins with Arsenal as well and Arsene Wenger um, in terms of their physical football. And they still are abrasive at certain times, but they're also a really good football team. I think it is about time that people gave Stoke City a bit more credit. They've got some talented footballers and some of the football they produce is really pleasing on the eye. So, yeah, Stoke City, I think, are a club that's on the up. 
And it's a fascinating kind of way to manage and run a club, isn't it? That you attract these brilliant names from the continent or wherever, give them a shot window to shine in the Premier League and, and in some cases probably let them move on, but they'll be hoping yeah. clearly not yet. No, it's a good model, really. And Mark Hughes is clearly using his name, isn't he, to attract some of Europe's best talent because he's a player that's played overseas. He's played in the Bundesliga, La Liga. Everybody in Europe respects him and they want to to be involved with him. But, yeah, you're right. I guess if they perform brilliantly, they will move on to, to bigger clubs. But in the Premier League at the moment, you don't have to transfer to earn big money, do you? Because all of the clubs are so rich these days that they can afford to have these great talents. And I think that's why the Premier League is actually stronger this year than it's ever been. I know that a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a weak division this year. I think the opposite. It's teams like Stoke that no longer need to park the bus and defend against the big teams. They can go out and attack against them and really try and win the matches. And we've seen that this year with Stoke. They've, they've taken some real scalps, as have a lot of other teams. Yeah, those scalps at home, Adrian, including Manchester City, Chelsea, Manchester United. So if Arsenal weren't aware of that, and clearly they are, they you know need to be very much across uh, the ability that this talent has got to take on the best and really stick it sort of to them. Yeah, you can't take Stoke City lightly, especially at the Britannia Stadium. But Arsenal do know that because they've suffered there yeah. in the past. It hasn't been a happy hunting ground. But yeah, I think Stoke will go into this match with a lot of confidence courtesy of the fact that they've seen off those big clubs. And, and they weren't lucky wins either. They actually dominated those games to a certain degree. And most importantly of all, they fully deserve those victories. So a couple of our traditional questions as we look ahead to the next weekend of opponents, Sir Clarkey. Mm. Uh, where could Stoke, first of all, hurt Arsenal most? I think Arsenal need to be wary of a fast start, obviously. In the fixture last season, last December, they took a two-goal lead. And Arsenal haven't been good at recovering from deficits in the Premier League. They're much better as front-runners. So that's an issue. And I think just the movement of those front guys, you've got Bojan up front, Arnautovic from the left, Shakiri from the right. There's unpredictability. And what we have seen against these big teams is guys like that making runs in behind. And if I think back about how Arsenal struggled at Southampton, it was the runs of Shane Long and Sadio Mane that night. It's the runs of Arnautovic and Bojan that they need to be careful of this time. Yeah, teams in red and white stripes, don't go <laughs> yeah. there. Don't go there. Sunderland aside, clearly. Um, what about Stoke's weaknesses then? Because they must have some, because they're not winning every week, are they? They are still fallible, clearly. And they're not in brilliant form, actually. It's not the worst time to play against Stoke City. When I look at them as a team, uh, and their back four in particular, I see a lack of pace, especially in midfield and amongst the back four. So I think Arsenal will have the superior speed. And on counter-attacks, they have been undone a few times this season, Stoke City. So if Arsenal do have to weather the storm, it's all about how quickly they can break on Stoke because I do think that their pace it will be a weapon in this game. So tell me one of the various key battlegrounds for this Yeah, one. so many, obviously. But I, I have to pick out Arnautovic as the star man for Stoke City this season. He's so powerful, unpredictable and a real goal threat. And I look at that matchup with Hector Bellerin, who's come back into form. He was brilliant, I thought, in the second half, especially against Sunderland. That is a real clash between two excellent footballers. Can Bellerin push Arnautovic the other way? Or will Arnautovic's runs, especially in between Bellerin and the centre-back, cause damage? I think that's a fascinating one to watch. So, Adrian, in a sentence, how do you beat Stoke? 
I think in a sentence, you beat Stoke by staying disciplined and by winning the physical battle. Teams that tend to fare well against Stoke City compete with them on the physical level. So if, if Arsenal can stand their ground, go toe-to-toe, I think they will win this match. Clarky, top work, my friend. Yeah, no, pleasure as always. Don't forget, of course, you can catch all the pre-match build-up for the trip to the Britannia Stadium from 3.45pm UK time on Sunday with uninterrupted audio commentary from 4.15 of the big game. That's full time on this week's show. Our thanks to Mattia Flamini, Gilberto, Jimmy Carter and Adrian Clark for stopping by today. Remember, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you'll never miss another episode. You can also listen every week on our SoundCloud page. We're back next Monday on the 18th of January. Until then, it's bye for now and come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening, and remember you can subscribe to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast on iTunes or listen to a new show every Monday on arsenal.com and SoundCloud. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.